Ali, how is this movie getting 5.2 stars? Like, I'm looking at IMDb right now. Mm. And, yeah, it makes me want to look into uh, their star rating system, like mm. where, where they get the stars. Um, it's been kind of controversial as of late with uh, Rotten rotten Tomatoes and, and, and these sorts of sites that rate films. Um, but... The film that we <laughs> that we're talking about today, five point two stars. Come on, mm. it's The Exorcist Believer, and it's much better than five point two stars. It's obviously is you, you know. So after watching it uh, with your good self yesterday, I came home and looked at some of these reviews, and at one point I had to check that there are not two different movies with the same <laughs> title because I'm thinking. I mean, let, let's be honest. Um, today, the uh, standards of cinema aren't like maybe as high as they were, in my opinion, in the se- early seventies. Right. Where, you know, the, some amazing movies are being made with real cinema verite techniques, with real yeah. innovations of camera work, soundtrack work. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, at that point, obviously, um, you know, there are filmmakers who are prepared to make something as utterly horrifically disturbing as The Exorcist. Yes, the first one. Today, this is not the milieu. Today, we are in a world in which something like Oppenheimer is praised as the greatest movie of the year. It's a pretty decent movie, mm-hmm. but it's not like nobody is going to claim it's Citizen Kane. Well, it's not an epoch-making film. It definitely is not. It's a, it's a competent, engaging biopic or something. Yeah, well, um, that got caught up in in another film that seemed to be its complete opposite or a biopic of a toy you mean <laughs> yes yeah. yeah um and and somehow these two films mm-hmm. became a pairing yeah as if they were wine and cheese right <laughs> yeah. um and, and so because of that that's good they both got caught up in this uh cycle of of each film hyping the other. Yeah. You can't think of Oppenheimer without thinking of Barbie. You can't mm-hmm. think of Bar- Barbie without thinking of Oppenheimer. Which and, and is very interesting. Exactly. And frankly, neither of them is. I mean, wh- whatever sort of praise they've received, and they have received a lot of praise. I mean, I mean, I I'm a, I can be a cinema snob like like you know I can that snob the greatest cinema snobs I can say. Well, nobody has <laughs> done anything like Sergei Eisenstein's Battleship Potemkin. I could do that. Yeah. These two films certainly do nothing of the sort. I mean, mm. this is not... So I don't know why the standards sometimes can be very low yeah. when it comes to praising Oppenheimer and Barbie. Mm. But then suddenly they're just um, elevated to unbelievable heights when yeah. it comes to talking about the exorcist believer, which yeah. is... I mean, believers, believe me, compared to the other films of the franchise, if you have had the great misfortune of having seen Exorcist 2... Or the two competing prequels. Yeah, you, you mentioned, you know, you, yeah. you questioned whether or not there was an, another version of Exorcist Believer yeah. sort of floating out there. I mean, that would be par for the course for that, the Exorcist. Because that's what happens with the with the prequel, yes. right? Because the, the, the first one they released is so utterly dreadful that the studio forced the crew to shoot another version of yeah. it. And which turns out to be even... Sort of worse. Maybe well, it's Mark's just better. as dreadful. It's just it, as it's almost it's just what different window dressing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So so compared to them, the Exorcist Believer, which we're talking about today, which has just been released, is frankly a masterpiece. Now, so it, spo- let's just throw this out there. Spoilers. Yeah. There will be spoilers in this episode. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking of going to see the film, um, I'm going to say something that that I don't want to say, which is. 
pause. <laughs> pause this episode, go yeah. see the film, and then come back yeah. to it. No, do, do go and see it. So I think I was nearly dissuaded from seeing it. A, because I am such a huge fan of the original. Yeah. It's, it's sort of a cliche to say horror fans love The Exorcist, but it is it is kind of like the holy or the unholy text of the genre. Yeah, it is. It, 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 is. Is, it sets the standards for the game. Yeah. And it also creates the modern audience for horror. It's mm. so important. Um, so for that reason, I was very kind of hesitant to go and see this film and thinking, oh, you know, not another bad sequel. And then uh, before that, I saw some of the reviews that came out and they were so negative. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I told my partner before seeing, going to see the film with you yesterday, Jason, I was like, look, I'm, I may come home in a very bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> so afterwards, when I came home, we called her and first thing she says, how are you doing? And I said, <laughs> I'm doing f- just fine. This was a perfectly good, entertaining, solid, well-made movie. Yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah. 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 Uh, I suppose if you're expecting it to have the same resonance as the original Exorcist, I mean, I'm not sure if anything ever does have that same you know, feeling, that same initial resonance as, as the original, right? It's a different time Mm. um maybe something like that had not been done before it wasn't possible before so it's comparing it to the original is just Mm. very it's a very difficult exercise and and i i think you you have to um kind of get away from that that way of thinking that the original is the only uh legitimate yeah you know, form of 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 a given uh, series of films or mm. or books, etc. Um, so when we're, I, I, all right, I think I think I'm just going to ask mm. this question. Um, I I think we agree that this film was a very political film. Mm. And I wonder if some of the the negative hype around this film mm-hmm. is due to it being a political film. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you view this film and you don't see the politics behind it, I I, I think you're missing a lot, or, or not the politics behind it. That makes it sound nefarious. The the mm-hmm. the, the the politics that that kind of that have gone into the events of the, that inform the events of the film. Yeah. Right. Um, so, and, and I wonder if, if maybe that is behind some of the harsh criticism of the film, but mm. I might ask the question, the original exorcist film, the exorcist, was this a political film? Oh yes. It's insanely political. So, um, I mean, we, we'll have a proper episode probably about The Exorcist at mm-hmm. some point, and then I will, I will, you know, over-nerd um, away at my kind of un- <laughs> unnecessary knowledge about that. But for one thing, it's written by William Peter Blatty, also probably known as William Peter Bellati because he's an Arab, and he was actually working for CIA mm-hmm. in, the, in the Beirut office mm-hmm. before returning to America to have a crack at film first film script writing and then becoming a novelist. Yeah. So, you know, this is somebody with experience in the political sphere. And, and you mm-hmm. could imagine and the Middle East of the 1960s is very treacherous and very politically dangerous. Yes. So this guy comes with that experience. And as, as, as most folks would, you know, 
would know the novel and the movie begin in the Middle East, in Iraq, of That's all right. places, which is super interesting because Iraq at that point is emerging as a danger zone. Yes. Nobody knows which way Iraq is going to go. Like, this is after a coup that has toppled the communists, mm-hmm. sees the rise of this guy called Saddam Hussein, which some people in the West are saying, hey, he could be our guy. Some people in the uh, Soviet East are saying, oh, he could be our guy. Okay. So nobody knows, but what everybody knows, kind of knows, and Balazi would have known this, is that he is getting rid of his communist rivals by dissolving in them in acid baths. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about like real horrors are being committed by these Baathists. Yep. So that's the context. And this is the context of the then Arab-Israeli war. Interesting, we should be talking about this today in the midst of another Arab-Israeli war. Mm, Yeah. At that time, yeah, you have the oil crisis because a lot of oil-producing Arab nations want to punish the West because the West is supplying arms and support to Israel. So you have the oil crisis. Oil shock. All oil shock. So have a movie that begins in the Middle East. Yeah. And in a very realistic sense of the Middle East. Yeah. Because it's not the Middle East of the Oriental fantasy, you know. That's in, right. In the harem, a beautiful jasmine, you know, comes <laughs> on a on a on a flying rock rock. None of that. It's mm. working class Iraqis at an archaeological dig. Dig, yeah. 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 And and we have Father Marin by played by Max von Sydow, who goes mm-hmm. sits down to drink a cup of tea and then there's the consequences of the accidental discovery of this artifact. Right, that, that is Pazuzu. Yeah, the statue of Pazuzu. So that, that is insanely political in every sense. And it follows on from there. When we come to America, all the consequences of stagflation, societal breakdown, mm. the misery, the suffering. And we see this yeah. particularly through, I suppose, the priest, yeah. which you know is an interesting figure through which to see the suffering, because yeah. you automatically are presented with this crisis of mm-hmm. faith. Yeah, um, is God in the room? I have given mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. to God. I've mm-hmm. given my entire life to God, but um, have been met with kind of I don't know, you know, the shrug emoji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. And, and and you know he he's he's got to deal with uh, a, a mother, mm-hmm. right? Whose whose mental health is declining. Who he cannot look after. Yeah. Um. He has to 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 you know he feels implicated in her death, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um. And at the same time, he has to have faith. That's the only thing that is going to get him through mm-hmm. this experience. And actually, even the faith does not get him through the experience, mm. right? He, he does he make dies. it through right. the experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're totally right. And there's a moment of real crisis in ideology, which yes. is to say the ideology of God, you know, belief in belief in the American dream. I mean, that's, that's definitely the exorcist is about. And what I really love about the movie, The Exorcist Believer, is that it picks up on that. Yes. It says, you know what, I'm also going to begin in a place of intense political um, significance of our time. Which is and, the and air that we breathe today, that's essentially. It, absolutely. Yeah. And the film chooses to begin in Haiti, which yeah. is so interesting. And even yeah. more interesting, Jason, for me, in, in addition to that, is mm. that it's shot in the Dominican Republic. Mm. Through that fact, it shows that Haiti is not even safe, functioning enough for the shoot for the shooting to happen there and mm. you go if if that is the case then why is that the case you have to ask that of yourself yeah you have to ask that of yourself because yes. haiti is in a pretty affluent neighborhood 
Yeah. Well, okay. We got Haitian migrants now at the border trying to just go across, and and they're being stopped. You let, know? Let, yeah. Can we let's let's talk about so why why Haiti? Yeah. Uh, what yeah. what what does this add to the film of all places? Mm. You know, why did it have to be Haiti? Mm. Uh, because the film not only begins in Haiti um, and and oh, with two freaking dogs, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. but it it. it starts at a very particular event within you know, mm. the recent history mm. in Haiti. Yeah. Right. The 2010 earthquake, which was the moment when, gosh, you know, I mean, if we talk about disaster and disaster capitalism, like, and Haiti's recent history, unfortunately, has been so disaster prone, but that was a real kind of moment of rupture. Right. An actual kind of trauma in a literal sense of breaks. You know, the Parliament House of uh, Port-au-Prince was actually fractured in half. Yes. yes. I mean, and that's just symbolic. The reality of it would, would was even much more horrific. Yeah. Well, and, and that just continues from a, a horrific history that where you get the sense that, uh, you know, being home to a successful revolt against Mm -hmm. you know colonists and colonization Mm -hmm. is something to be punished forever absolutely absolutely um and and so this this is the place with which we're dealing and the earthquake is just a, a continuation in a long you know series of of kind of you know pies you know mm. to the face of, mm. of of people you know who live there one of the birthplaces of of freedom yeah let's be honest it happens you know yeah i'm, I'm a great champion of the idea that the french revolution is an important historical event so is industrial revolution so is the haitian revolution yes I mean, these three events together define the modern idea of freedom yeah and in both in different ways the true emancipatory agents of all three are being now punished be it the workers, be it the industrial yeah, revolution, yeah. citizens, exactly, free citizens who only get to vote once every four or five years for yeah. some idiot they don't want. I mean, that's been that's been the tragic consequence of the French Revolution. We yeah. end up with this utterly useless thing called, you know, uh, capitalist democracy. Mm-hmm. It's, and in terms of the tragic outcomes of ha- Haitian Revolution, it has been having the audacity to stand up to empire. Yes. And empire says, okay, yeah, you want to be free, we'll let you be free. But from the minute you're born, we impose economic sanctions. The first ever economic sanctions imposed by the U.S. were on Haiti. Yeah. It is it is horrific, uh, everything about it. And, you know, the fact that this movie starts in Haiti to me was, like, amazing. I'm like, yeah. whoa, hang on. Mm. This is a prop. And, and it shows that. It shows them this earthquake. And this earthquake will resonate throughout the film. Yes. When it moves to America. And that, to me, like you say, Jason, right away, it makes this perhaps one of the great political films I've seen in a long time. Yes. 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 Um, yeah. You, you cannot escape this this relationship between mm. Haiti and where the rest of the film takes place, the U.S. Um, and, and, and so it begins just like the original Exorcist with this setting that... Uh, again, if if you're not looking at this, and 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 it, or rather, if you're looking at this and you're not seeing the the, the politics going, you know, in, in uh, informing the film, um, I, I would say, you know, give it another view. 
Great. Watch it a third time. Yeah. Or maybe you've seen a different movie. Maybe yeah. you accidentally yeah, maybe. went to like <laughs> Exorcist to the yeah. 1976 sequel. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, about the politics of adjacent, I mean, I'd like to know specifically what, in your opinion, is the perhaps allegorical or depictions of contemporary America and this thing we hear so much about the polarization, mm. you know. Because to me, it would seem like this film has a lot to say about that in a very yeah. sophisticated way. Yeah. yeah in yeah. a way that doesn't point fingers, but shows that our current perceptions, particularly around these deeply intimate issues of parenting, mm. caring for family, yeah. my family, all of these may not may may prov- may result in tragedy or something like that. Yes. Or, my, or my, maybe that's a kind of pessimistic reading, but... Yeah, I'd love I'd love to hear about you, your view of this film and its relation to sort of oh domestic goodness, cultural U.S. politics. So difficult because it 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 feels like that is the film. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there is definitely a hyper uh, individualist sort of ethos uh, running throughout the film, mm-hmm. and this is being challenged by the idea of community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, community is something that is lost. Mm. Right. You know, we, we've all read books like Bowling Alone, you know, these sorts of books that mm. Um, mm. describe this loss of, uh, of 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 a sense of being connected to something beyond the self. Right. And and of course, we can, you know, we can look at, at Thatcher and Reagan and, you know, the, particularly Thatcher's idea that there is no such thing as society. Right. You know, they're only individuals. You know, it's kind of competing in a market. Um, it, well, this is that ethos born out. Uh, so we've got we've got families. So two families, right? Because in this film, we've got two children who are possessed. Yep. And the 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 the, the first family, um, the family of uh, I think it's Victor uh, Victor Fielding. So we're gonna call him the first family. His his the first family mm. because. Uh, his family and 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 its shape how his family looks is intimately connected with those very unfortunate events in Haiti in the beginning of the film yeah so his family is a family born of tragedy and you could argue that there are many such people in the United States their families and how their families look their current conditions etc they're bo- it's born out of tragedy mm. Um, Sorry, can we talk about this tragedy a little bit, um, Jason? Because to me, it's a really great moment that resonates with like the history of horror genre in a way. Mm-hmm. He's kind of given a choice. Yes. Not unlike the choice. choice that, um, uh, you know, Gregory Peck's character in The Omen was given. It's oh. so interesting. And and in due course, when we talk about like the Rosemary's Baby, we'll also see that moment of yes. a choice. Yeah. A well, choice give presented to the man of a family yes. as the father saying, look, who do you choose? That, that's yeah. it. Well, it's a more difficult choice yeah. than the, the one that Gregory Peck had, right? Mm. Gregory mm. Peck's choice was yes or no. Will mm. you take this baby? Yes or no, right? Right. Uh, and and involved uh, you know, with that choice is, is a lot of deception. Yeah. Right? Uh, the choice in uh, Exorcist, um, you know, this, this exorcist you know, believer um, – is who who's going to live? Hmm. So his his wife is uh, is is heavily pregnant, hmm. um, and she's unable to 
uh, escape a building that is collapsing uh, during an earthquake. I found that very interesting because mm. my mm. In, in my head, you, you know, you you try to open doors, etc., but you mm. might not try to run from a building in in a you know during an earthquake, and it just makes me wonder. It it it, inf- it there's a sort of geography to earthquake response, mm. Mm. right? You know, you you go someplace like Japan where, you know, that has all you know tons of earthquakes, right? Earthquakes all the time, mm. um, and 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 what you would do in an earthquake in Japan could be completely different from what you would do during an earthquake in Haiti. Mm. And and that was sort of shocking to me. That was like, so wow, what, okay. What are you supposed to do in the event of an earthquake if you're in a multi-level um, building? Do you run out? Yeah, you usually wouldn't run out. Uh. Um, I'm not sure you could. Mm. You would, of course, open doors. Um, you would, hopefully, you wouldn't have any... Uh, you know, large shelves that are unstabilized, mm. you know, these sorts of things that could fall on you. Why would you open doors? What does that mean? Well, that's just making sure that you have a, a, a way out. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But but the, the assumption in Haiti is that the building is going to collapse. Yeah. Right? That is the assumption. So everyone's trying to get out. So Victor Fielding, um, he's off in a bell tower taking uh, photographs mm. because this is what he does. He's a photographer. Mm. Um, and his his wife is unable to escape the building, and she's you know caught in in the rubble. Um, and the doctors give Victor they present Victor with a choice. Now, prior to this, mm-hmm. uh, his his wife uh, she'd had a a ceremony done, mm-hmm. and this ceremony was for the protection of their daughter angela yeah and so we know that okay it's going to be the child who lives yeah and the ceremony is um i mean i don't know what the accurate term would be um yeah but but um you know um it's it is of the you know folk folk mysticism of the people of haiti yes um um yeah and 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 I think that um, you know it's interesting with that moment that comes in because of course my you know terrible kind of uh, first world view of that immediately was like oh oh yeah is this be- how the baby is cursed yeah yeah. Where, yeah whereas I think whereas the thing right away though you think hang on just just hang on yeah because this is going to get complicated yes because at yeah. the moment we have all these other things and the rupture of earthquake is really interesting and also the relationship of our protagonist family. Mm-hmm. And Haiti is interesting because they're clearly seen immediately as tourists, as, as privileged tourists who are wandering mm-hmm. through. Yeah, because yeah, you know, everyone's sort of like, you know, please buy this. Can you buy this? Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and I think at that moment with the earthquake, something very unusual, unscripted happens. Yeah. I mean, it's an absolute, absolute devastating tragedy. But at that moment, the destiny of these tourists from the first world. And the destiny of these, um, you know, wretched of the earth from Haiti yeah, yeah. combines. Yeah, he's gone they, fanning on us. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly at that moment, the decision, this decision, the symbolic decision that Victor is going to have to make is connected to the decisions that people of a place like Haiti have to make every day. Every day. Yeah. 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 And so this is the family that is born in tragedy. Yeah. And goes back to a United States where, again, you have many families being born mm. in tragedy. Mm. Um, and those two are tragedies that, uh, you know, the, the sort of national uh, memory mm. tries to purge itself mm. of. So this is one 
family. And then we've got another family. Um, I don't know how I would describe uh, this. Second family. This, yeah, it's family number two. Yeah. Uh, and the parents, I, th- I think it's Miranda and uh, is it is it Tony? Um, you know, the mother and, and, and the father and the daughter is Catherine, I believe. Um, and Catherine and Angela are best friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so here we have, we have these, these two, you know, families that are all the, all they care about, all the parents care about is, is looking after their kids, right? Yeah, fine. Mm. But there comes a point where each family is placed in a situation where they could disregard the well-being of the child of the other family. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, you know, sort of modern, it's almost like modern, uh, dysfunctional workplace culture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the, the, the demon in, in this case does try to use that to its advantage. Mm -hmm. And, and this is where using two children, right. Two children being possessed is absolutely brilliant. Mm. Um, because you're forcing these families to do something selfish to commit the the you know the the ultimate sort of selfish individualist act yeah, which the, is to the sacrifice the again. other child yeah. yeah um you know this too to me just really feeds into this idea that i'm going to take care of me mm. i'm going to take care of mine I don't care what happens to you. I don't care what happens to yours. When really what needs to happen is, okay, I can see how my only looking out for mine and my only looking out for myself is actually only going to come back to haunt me. Mm-hmm. Right? So I need to be looking out for everyone. Yeah. Because what happens is the demon uses, and this is what I mean by sort of modern, uh, you know, the, 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 the kind of modern malaise or the malaise mm. of the modern workplace. Mm. It's divide and conquer. Absolutely. It's a good management strategy, right? Hey, if you want to get promoted, you should help us, um, you know, further exploit the precarious workforce in our, in our, in our profession. You side with management, you, you'll get your reward. But you don't know that by signing with management, you're actually making making yourself precarious um yeah yeah you 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 are with within the the context of the film you're making a deal yeah with the devil yeah exactly and you know you know you have to know that those words there's there's no such thing as a a, a deal with a, mm. with the devil a deal with the devil is the devil wins that's yeah. <laughs> that's designed to win <laughs> benefit the devil exactly yeah. who who are you Absolutely. to demand you know that that the devil that mm. this very powerful you know thing um mm. you know abides by its word you are no one yeah exactly look it's it's such an intelligent movie i mean the script is so brilliant really um mm. That's that again. I'm just wondering what were these other people watching? But it's perfectly likely that these reviewers, um, Jason, maybe found it all a bit too much. 
you, yeah, you, you, you know, so. in the way that, like, I remember back in the day when I was a more sort of overt political writer and in the 90s and noughties. I mean, these days, political art, you know, political art, one has to say, it kind of has its fortunes. Uh, it, they're not constant. Mm. Sometimes, for example, yeah. you, you know, when, when Get Out comes, um, a lot of these very same folks who are now criticizing um, The Exorcist Believer would have been lapping it up. They're saying, oh, it's so great, you know, to see a horror movie that is about contemporary American issues such as race. Mm. Now, there's another one. <laughs> yeah. And it's clearly about that as well. Yeah. And the same people are saying, oh, mm, not sure. Maybe, maybe it's too political. Maybe it's too political for them. But clearly it is that. And it does seem to me that it is political in very intelligent ways. And it is doubling is so clever, right? Yeah. Because here we have the trope of the doppelganger, mm -hmm. which is very frightening and uncanny. We find a lot of horror movies. It is lovely. These two little girls both equally possess. So what happens is that Angela the daughter born of the historical trauma, which in the movie is the trauma of the earthquake in Haiti, mm -hmm. which is clearly also linked to the traumas of colonialism and, and slavery and everything else, because that is the story of Haiti. Of Haiti yes. It can't not be that, frankly. So all of that sort of filters in. Angela and Catherine are friends. Now, it's, I love this moment. It's a very subtle moment where in the morning when um, Victor is going to drive Angela to school, mm -hmm. they drive out of the driveway and we meet their neighbor, yeah. who is a woman called Anne. She's a single woman. She's a nurse. She's prop properly working class. It's an interesting neighborhood they're in, right? It is. Um, yeah. So Victor himself, I'm going to be a bit of a vulgar Marxist here. Victor himself is a, is a, is a part of a creative folks he's a he's a photographer he's petty right. bourgeois he's got his own he's got business, his own studio yeah. but he's a photographer right so he's not going to be like a proper but he's not going to be able ever be able to sort of like hand the business over to manage to to uh, somebody to run it for that's me. right yeah. he's always going to have to run it himself so he's in an interesting kind of position as a middle class person more stable than him is the family across the road right and that is tony and miranda mm -hmm. right and they are going to obviously we don't know what they do, but we see that they go to a pretty affluent church. Yes. Um, so, you know, and, 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 and the religious in the church you go to is very class and race determined in the U.S., if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. So, so they, they obviously go to pretty affluent church. So we get that. Yes, the two are middle class like Victor, but they're in a more traditional, more stable. They could even be aspiring to become properly bourgeois one day. Mm -hmm. Then there is Anne next door, single but the nurse, she's 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 properly working class. She, yeah. For somehow she's also living in this middle class neighborhood. But it's a, that neighborhood itself is a lovely sort of um, depiction of the middle um, societal uh, yes. parts of America, where people could either fall down or climb up. Yes. And, um, yeah. I, just to throw, uh, Anne, I think uh, was was she a single mother? I mean, because well, this this informs part of of. She her role been. in the film yeah so she wanted yeah. to become a, a nun, a nun. Mm -hmm. then she gets pregnant then she has an abortion mm -hmm. we find that out how do we find that out because Pazuzu tells us and or Pazuzu who has possessed Angela yeah, Angela so so I mean yeah so that's that's the um yeah yeah. Well, that's how we find out that mm. this is yeah. an otherworldly thing that's happening to mm. the kids Angela knows things about Anne that Anne has never told anyone Mm, mm. So Pazuzu has, is back. I, I love this part of the film, you know. In all the other ones, Pazuzu is like, oh, you're just a pale imitation. Yeah. Now, this is Pazuzu who's been, who's been up to no good. Oh. He's been... Okay, but, but, yeah. but let me ask this question. Yeah. How do we know it's Pazuzu? Because, oh, well, because, oh, my God, 
um, can we use the C word on this? Yeah, yes. Go ahead and <laughs> because, use it. Because in the original <laughs> film, of course, in the original Exorcist, one of the most memorable bits is when Pazuzu imitating, mimicking, and this is what the devil does really well. Satan is a great imitator. Mm-hmm. He imitates the dead filmmaker friend of Ellen Burstyn in mm-hmm. the original. If you recall, Ellen Burstyn... Um, uh, Chris McNeil. Chris McNeil. Yeah. Chris McNeil has a friend who's a filmmaker. It is, yes, you know, a grumpy old British filmmaker who calls people that you're cunting this and you're cunting that. Pazuzu, via the body of um, of uh, Reagan, mm-hmm. kills the, the grumpy old filmmaker. Yes. <laughs> and how do we know that? Because then, mocking the voice of the dying man, mm-hmm. Reagan slash Pazuzu tells Chris. Look what she did, your cunting daughter. <laughs> that's, that's a good in, in, uh, impression. I know. Yeah. Years of practice. <laughs> and, and then what do we get in the film that has just come out of me? So yesterday, yeah. Yeah. He uses that exact language and that exact phrase. Well, and and so, okay. So so we've given that away. Chris McNeil, the character, mm-hmm. right? Ellen Burstyn, she's in this film. Mm-hmm. Um you know what a rough fate for her but she's in this she's in the film and when she goes so victor fielding kind of enlists her she's written this book uh about her experiences with reagan and and uh one of the neighbors brings victor this book and victor actually kind of looks into it and he goes to see her and so she comes back she agrees to come back with victor And they all visit Angela at the hospital. And by this point, Angela, and you you, you can't see it uh, because it's written on the inside of the room. So Angela has been uh, institutionalized because the doctors at the hospital cannot figure out what's wrong with her. Now, Angela and uh, and her friend, uh, Catherine, um, they've both gone missing for a number of days, right? Yeah. Uh, and so the three days, which turns out to be significant because of the three days between um, between crucifixion and resurrection. Yes, is, is that right? Yeah. I, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the expectation is that okay, that you know they're traumatized, etc. Mm. But of course, no one thinks that they are possessed. Mm. Um, but it gets worse and worse, uh, and so. Angela is institutionalized, and on the inside of the room that she's in, she writes Reagan's name, she carves Reagan's name into the wall with her fingernails. Mm. Um, and when Chris McNeil uh, goes to see her, Ollie, what are you doing over there? Ollie's doing something with his fingernails. <laughs> I'm carving the name. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> when Chris McNeil goes to see uh, Angela and sees the condition that she's in, mm. what she says is, "This person, so mm. Angela, or or the 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 possessor, knows who I am." Yeah. Yeah, so we, we, we get the sense that we are dealing with Pazuzu. Exactly. And and let's be honest, Pazuzu has never been destroyed. He yeah. could be pushed back to hell. He's a demon. 
he is a Sumerian wind demon. <laughs> She's like, what? What were you thinking, Blatty, when he came up with it? But it's it's great. It's the moment mm. of the writer when Blatty is writing the first you know draft of the Exorcist. He's yeah. like, oh, I need a demon, and I want. Where are we gonna find one? <laughs> maybe maybe it's just the name Pazuzu sounded cool. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. He well, says, yep, come here, Pazuzu, and um, well, and one would would think that the the end of you know the the human life. Mm. Um, would not mean the end of Pazuzu, right? Yeah. So it's it's the priest in the original who throws himself down the stairs to, uh, you know, to remove the immediate danger of Pazuzu, mm. um, doing anything else. Yeah. Uh, but it, but you know that's not gonna. You can you on. can defeat Pazuzu. You can't destroy it. That's because right. it's a demonic force. It's a, it's a it's a spiritual entity. You can't like kill something that doesn't have life. Yeah, and and yeah. I think we've said that before, and you in particular, Jason. Like when we were talking about demonic possession films, what these demons want is uh, a, a, an access to a living body, yeah. to a human body, through which they can have a temporary experience of what it means to be alive. But yeah. they exist beyond life and death. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 And hopefully, a human body with hope. Mm. Mm. Young. Uh, I think a thirteen-year-old girl is all you know perfect, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, so mm. therefore, we know that we're dealing with, yeah. with uh, Pazuzu. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, there's so much to say about this film. Mm. We, so, yep. yep, no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say so. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I have a lot to say too. So maybe, uh. Maybe we can talk a bit more about Pazuzu and the way he is um, staged in this film, which is something that I really loved, and and the fact that he's so demonic. You you know sometimes um, in these films, I feel like the demon is or a demonic possessor is just not very scary. Mm. <laughs> it's just somebody putting on a gravelly voice and saying really normal things like "hello." Yeah, there's only uh, a thin line between that and Batman. Yeah. I think the casting call is the same. You can be you Pazuzu saying? or Batman. <laughs> I um, eat Pazuzu for lunch. <laughs> That's right. Um, whereas here, yeah, Pazuzu is particularly nasty and demonic and devious. And, and you know, demons are, you know, meant to be devious and tricksters. Mm? And he he really is. So, uh, <laughs> um, so I love the f- fact that at one point in the film, you know, where the... Where the crew comes together, and we'll talk about that probably too. So finally, yeah. we have a sort of a collective group of exorcists. Yes, and this connects again to those political a- yeah, aspects that we were talking definitely. about—the individualism versus, uh, you know, the 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 loss of anything collective in society. Yeah, and trying to muster that up again to defeat. You know the demons exactly. that exist. So in it, that it, look, if it's this demon is going to be defeated, it's going to have to come through a collective effort, yeah. which will include the entire neighborhood, which will include the you know working class nurse and the petit bourgeois photographer Victor, the the upper petit bourgeois business owner Tony. They all they're all going to have to pull their weight together to fight mm-hmm. this, and along the way they will appeal to the Catholic Church too. Where we'll talk about that sort <laughs> yes, of yes. somewhat comical yeah. response from Catholic Church and other faiths. We should throw in, yeah, right, Absol- because absolutely as a collective effort. Mm-hmm. It's not like, <laughs> sorry, I can't help but laugh, but it's not like, oh, Christianity is going to save the day because they try that in this film and it does not go well. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that too. Yeah. Um, but as far as Pazuzu is concerned, faced with this sort of effort, he's like, look, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to split you in half by possessing two girls. Yeah. 
from two different classes or two different segments within the same class, mm -hmm. two different racial groups, they're going to be friends. And now you're going to have to decide which one you'll save and which one you sacrifice yep. to me. And I mean, that's, I mean, that is it, right? This is, this is how you fight. If you are the sinister spirit of um, a resurgent ruling class desire to destroy this possibility of collectivity among yes. people, this is how you do it. Divide them. And Div you divide, divide and them. Yeah. And you're going to be so devious, you're going to be able to mock their petty efforts. You At one point, you're going to laugh yeah. and say, what are you going to do? You're going to get the power of Christ to compel <laughs> yes, me? Yes, it, it was hilarious. <laughs> Does the power of Christ it. compel you? And <laughs> I loved it. Just trolling. Trolling. Yeah, trolling. And, That's, yeah. and you said that, Jason. You said, ah, this is, <laughs> this is a troll on Twitter. They're essentially Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. those those yeah. were, or what used to be Twitter. And, and so good. I mean, I mean the, the actress playing Angela, I was a bit first, I was at first not sure she was the right person to play her. I'm mm. like, oh, you're a bit earnest. But then when she gets transformed to the demon, she yeah. is so brilliant. She is. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there are parts where, um, excuse me. <clears throat> oh, I hate it when that happens. Uh, there are parts are you possessed. Where, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> There are parts where, um, so after after they discover, you know, the two girls mm. sort of in a, they're in a, a, a barn, a farmhouse somewhere. Mm. Mm. Um, the, you know, they, they perform the medical tests and, and each of the girls goes to their respective homes. And so Victor, uh, his relationship with Angela is, is particularly complex because he's a single parent yeah. and and those historical factors that have gone into her birth are they they are traumatic and the film yeah. tries to make a point of this yeah. right um saying that yet there are going to be some people who have more to overcome than other people but mm. that it is possible for them to overcome right this is a very explicit it's not even implicit it is explicit in this film mm. Mm. um and so Victor gets gets Angela home, and she's behaving oddly. You know, you mentioned that she seemed like a very earnest character, and I think that juxtaposition between pre-possession and post-possession, yeah. because she is such an earnest character, it just it it shines. You know, mm. he's you know he's trying to look after her. He's you know he's in the bathroom and, and you know, she is supposed to have gone back to her room and then the light goes off, you know, which is very, you know, horror film, mm -hmm. you know, sort of trophy, but it's done well here. It is done very well, actually. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I love that rare. scene. Yeah. It's, it's and, one single shot of just basically he's brushing his teeth in the bathroom mm -hmm. then the light clicks and flickers on and off. He turns around. There's Angel. And she's right doing? there. Yeah. yeah. It's it's done really well, and, yeah. and again, can I say like when I read reviews of people saying, "Oh, there are no scares in this film." Oh, I'm come thinking, on! Hang on, which are we talking about the same film? Like, yeah. Well, imagine yeah. being that parent, right? Yeah. I I mean, your child <laughs> comes to you, you know, appears yeah. suddenly. You could there's no way they could have, mm. you know, come in back into the bathroom mm. that quickly. And and your child says to you, "What'd you say?" Because <laughs> that was essentially the conversation. Yeah. What? What'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> and Victor's like, "I didn't say anything." And Angela's like, "Could have sworn you said something." Yeah. It's very yeah. threatening. Yeah. yeah. Very threatening. Yeah. So that that idea that you could take this child and turn that child into an inverse of what it used to be. Right? 
I think that's a, a an mm. absolutely horrifying idea. Yeah, and and I, I guess the age is important. Age thirteen is you know when you know young young girls are starting to enter womanhood or mm. some such. From what I heard, I, I'm I'm a father to a son. So what what I understand though is that yeah. There are those additional complications would be, particularly for a single parent, particularly for a single dad. Mm. Like, how do you have the conversation, you know? Yeah. How do you tell them how to use, you know, a tampon or something? I mean, it's a, it's a difficult one. And interestingly, in this film, we have a moment of something like menstruation. Although it's well, that is, a miscarriage or that is abortion. To, to, uh, to, to troll Anne. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's nice. right. But you kind of wonder about that. I mean, I, I wonder about it, especially... Like, how do you do that as a single dad? Like, do you do you get ask a female friend to explain it to to your daughter? How to use, you know, sanitary pads? Like, I mean, because that's that's around the time that he's gonna have to do that, right? Well, okay. The, yeah. I guess the question is, if you are, a, a, you know, a single father mm. who, um, you know, has not had those biological experiences mm. and and therefore has probably. Right. much, much, much less of an idea mm. or perhaps absolutely no idea mm. how to navigate that. Mm. Um, what do you do? But you get the sense that he is an extraordinarily competent father and yeah. that he has uh, really um, built this yeah. uh, uh, this uh, relationship of extraordinary trust mm. uh, with his with his daughter, um, so we I think we get the sense that he would be fine navigating that. Um, Look, I, I I agree with you, um, Jason. He would be, but <laughs> I also think though that there is a sort of um, uh, not not doubt about his his capability mm. or his desire to be a good dad, but yeah. there's a sort of a natural uncertainty that hangs over, especially when kids go from being children into becoming adults. Oh which, yes, especially if you have like a gender difference between a child and a parent. Mm-hmm. That, that, that that relationship is always going to get more complicated, yeah. and 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 have its dangers. And I think it's interesting that then you know when when we talk about the kind of tragedy at the end of the film involving a father and a daughter again Tony mm-hmm. and Catherine there is a I feel like there is a there is something that intensifies what was already very intense in the original Exorcist which was a relationship between a mother and daughter yes between Chris and Regan now it's given an additional twist yeah and that's between a father and a daughter yeah a father yeah. who's absolutely gonna do his best to be a very good dad but is that gonna be enough is this girl at some point is going to need a mother because that's how the film kind of starts. She's she's trying to mm, even access if, the spirit of her mom. But even if the mother um, is there, right? Mm. We so we also have this other complicated relationship between mm. um, Chris McNeil and Reagan McNeil. Yeah, right. They are estranged. Oh, you're right. That is part of the film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I would read these kinds of relationships as you know no matter what you do mm. as a parent mm. it's not going to be enough and your child is going to have to overcome some sure. very difficult things yeah you're right yeah. you're right um you know angela she has her uh her form of protection right mm. and when i say protection i mean she's protecting who she is as a person she's protecting her spirit um, and that is the the scarf, yeah. of uh, of her 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 mother. Yeah. Now, 
I say protection, but what she's really doing with that scarf is, uh, along with Catherine, they are into some spiritual stuff. Yeah. So because she yeah. wants to evoke the ghost of her mom. That's right. At that particular age, which which may be the age where she's like, you know, I need a sort of an older woman in my life to yes. just. I don't know. Show me to use how to use tampons. I mean, I, I feel like even though that's not you kind of fixated on that, because, <laughs> because the film shows it, Jason. Because we do have this moment of her, you know, bleeding on the bed, yes. and, and and then this is kind of where the nurse Anne comes into the story. I mean, I don't look. I don't think that is that we should not reduce the film to that. It, it, we should not reduce yeah. it to it. And I think the film does speak to this kind of issue of the mother. The mother and the absent, the absent mother. So we have two absences here, right? Yes. We have Angela and her absent mom, mm-hmm. and then we have Chris and her absent daughter. Daughter. So right. it's kind of these two absences in the film, and one mm-hmm. of them is sort of resolved in a kind of a sentimental way at the very end of the film, mm-hmm. but the other one isn't. The other one is one that one has to live with. That's right. It's like, look, even if you, you know, a maturing girl who's entering womanhood, really wish you had a woman in your life Mm -hmm. an older woman to guide you through this phase yeah you do not you do not have it you're just gonna have to trust your dad i think i think um um, i think that's part of the story too but without again i'm I'm, it's easy to when we talk about this kind of stuff to say this is what the movie is only about and i say this because i know that's what people say about the first exorcist they say that's all about gender and femininity no i don't think yeah ali is it just about is it just about trusting your dad Mm. or is it the idea that it takes a community. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the dad's going to be the, the constant presence. Mm-hmm. He's a very present father. But it is the community, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in cooperation with the father that yeah. gives either of those girls any, you know, for lack of a better expression, any chance in hell. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is a big interesting question of the film, isn't it? It's like faced with the traumas of the modern life. Mm. Can we get our act together and become communal and overcome our distrust? Yeah. Well, and the answer is no. Apparently not. Uh, yeah. Tony, mm. he's like mm. he's Oh my goodness. I had a Malfoyan Malfoyan. I, I think I need to think of a better word. I just I, I, I disliked him as much as I disliked Malfoy. Like in in the Harry Potter series, <laughs> we saw an advertisement for it was an Uber Uber advertisement with yeah, the, the actor yeah, who plays right, Malfoy, right. and I was like, oh, you know, he's never not going to be Malfoy. But Tony, yeah, um, yeah. So right away, when the girls go missing and mm. and police comes in, he's right away blaming the homeless camp. Well, we see mm. we see uh, politics in play, yeah, right, and we see classism and all of these isms come into play. Yeah. So yes, he he blames. He says that that you know that there are these um, you know that what what was the word that the police officer used? So the police officer used a different term mm, transients yes and yeah. and tony immediately goes into oh is that what you call a bunch of you know bums with no jobs or mm, something like mm, that mm. so he's already someone you feel kind of has a chip on his shoulder mm. kind of has some hostility in him mm-hmm, mm. um and he 
really wants to find someone to blame. Mm. Now, the situation is as horrific a situation as one could imagine, yeah. right? You know, your child is missing, yeah. right? Who's going to be able to keep their, you know, wits about them, mm. Uh, mm. you know? Um, but how this comes out, so when you, it, it, it's it's like that, that old, you know, saying, um, you know, you really find out who someone is mm. in times of difficulty. Mm. Anyone can be nice when things are going well. Mm. But if you really want to know who someone is, you know, mm. let's see how they behave when things are difficult. And yeah. that's what we see with Tony. At every, almost every opportunity for him to be a bigger human being, he fails. And ultimately, he fails his own child for that, mm. uh, you know, because of that. He he wants to okay. So can we just talk about this failure, his his ultimate mm-hmm. failure here? So yeah, the choice, the the, the the second choice in the film, and this is Pazuzu's. Yes, very sinister pact that he presents the, the two families with. Yes, uh, and so so they they have been uh you know the <laughs> the, the the families are. And the community, right? They they are left alone to do this, mm-hmm. right? and this is another uh, kind of, I think, you know, message about the the, the current political climate. Mm-hmm. Um, g- government will not save you because it doesn't see you as its responsibility, right? Yeah. The responsibility of government is to you know make laws that are. Um, friendly to businesses and mm-hmm. and and those to, to basically you know to create safe streets for capital, yeah, right? and, and management of dwindling public funding, right? Like That's we it. have well, the representation of a hospital here, yeah, overcrowded, terrible. Um, well, all know. of that stuff needs to be privatized, right? Yeah. Somebody could be making some money off of that. That's so, right. there, the government is not going. Not only is it not going to save you, mm-hmm. but you know, for various reasons, various historical reasons, various mm-hmm. political reasons, government has been remade into something that does not represent citizens. Mm-hmm. You know, it represents capital. Mm-hmm. So, government not there. Religion. What used to be the you know the stalwart of of, of community. Mm-hmm. Right? This idea that you used to have to go someplace. Everyone in their own living their own separate lives would mm. have to go someplace and see other people and meet other people, right? Mm. And and this is not just, uh, you know, Christianity. It's, it's not just you know, Catholicism, mm. um, in any of these faiths, mm. right? That the the film presents. Uh, one of the keys is the idea that you you do not exist solely, you know, as an individual. You do not exist mm. solely mm. by yourself. Mm. Um, and so religion is, is also not there. It, it's not there. I mean, in interesting way, it is sort of there. So one of the, uh, films, one of the key scenes happens during mm-hmm. the, uh, taking of the communion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting, the word communion connected to community. So mm-hmm. there's a sort of a, sort of a community there of, of these people, you know, taking the Eucharist and, mm-hmm. um, it is at that exact moment that Pazuzu decides to strike. Well, yeah. 
you know. among other his strikes. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, which is natural. Which is classic, you know, it's blasphemous, uh, sacrilegious uh, antics of Pazuzu that yes. we've seen before. It yeah. goes in the body of the blood. Yeah. Um, you know, but but you could also imagine that just being a child who has been in church for hours and they're bored. <laughs> really? Um, could that happen? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's thrilling. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that church scene. I, I found that a little bit funny that these parents who had just lost their child for three days they take their eye off their child uh, in church i'd be like well it's I'm interesting because tony goes looking for it. look i'll have a few things to say about tony i mean mm-hmm. i agree with the way you're describing it and this is a this is a very social film you almost have to watch it socially mm-hmm. like you it's difficult to sympathize or empathize with the individual characters because the film asks you not to yes it, it even does. says even if your sentiments and your sympathies are with these individual girls and you want to see them rescued, mm-hmm. that could be a trick that Pazuzu's playing with you. Yes. Because it may be for, you may temporarily have to suspend your desire to see these girls rescued mm-hmm. as an individualistic moral desire. Like, yeah. Because ultimately, um, we're heading that direction, it would seem like the best way to defeat Pazuzu is saying, no, we refuse your ruse of asking us to want to see one of the girls that's saved. Right. We're not going to so, play by your rules. Your rules. That, that's right. So I will say that. So I, will, I, may, I may have a few things to say about Tony, but at that very scene they were talking about, Tony is actually looking for her. Yes, and he He's finds saying, her. Where are you? And then he goes to the back um, mm-hmm. room where they keep the wine. Um, the, the body and the blood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the source of the body and the blood in the church. That's right, and it says that one has been spilt, and it's got. Uh oh, what what are you doing? What's Catherine done? And Catherine is now. Yeah, in, she's in, in, in the, the church full, in the center full of Reagan the, mode. Oh. Yes, yeah, I thought some Reaganist stuff yeah. was going to happen. Yeah, uh, but they they kept it uh, church tasteful. She was still. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, she know. didn't. She didn't. You know, urinate, piss herself, which or walk uh, back backwards <laughs> or <laughs> throw <laughs> up. She just goes. She just repeats in a man. I mean, to me, Which aesthetically, was yeah. it was menacing. But I think it could have done more. It could have been more shocking. That saying, yeah, yeah, I suppose uh, so. But 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 you know, at that point, it's a public spectacle, right? And yeah. and and what we need from that scene is some sort of confirmation that there is a problem. Other people have seen that problem. It's mm. a community problem. Mm. Um, and yeah, that it's going to be a scary problem. So yeah. she's just standing in the church, you know, and the pastor. Uh, you know, the, the pastor is, uh, I guess the pastor is a person of the church, mm. right? Not a person of God, but largely a person of the church, mm. right? Mm. Yeah, the pastor is the one who's going to be running the church and looking out for the economic interests of the church, et cetera, mm. et cetera. Mm. But still provides a place for the community to gather. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Um, but, but so religion is there. Yes, religion is there. The, I mean, the, it's there throughout the entire film. But religion fails to provide the glue and mm. the support uh, that that both of these families need at this moment. Yeah. So we we see there's there's a priest who <laughs> yeah. he's the weak sauce of priests. Uh, um, is, is he not? Yeah. <laughs> so he's funny. I'm just trying to find the actor's name because he, he, he... I think it was E.J. E. Bonilla. He e. was J. Father Bonilla. Maddox. Father Maddox, yeah. So yeah. we have to have a is heroic Bonilla priest. Bonilla or Bonilla? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, obviously, obviously, you know, the, we got the classic Father Karras uh, um, and Father uh, Merrin from the previous uh, films. Yes. But, yeah, this was a young priest, yeah. right? So Father Maddox is a young priest. Um... Yeah, you would hope there would be some kind of 
uh, spirit of rebellion in him. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he, he, he takes his case to the church. Right? And this is also where you see... So if, if we talk about, uh, you know, institutional politics of mm. divide and conquer, mm. there are all of these institutional politics of the church, mm. right? And these institutional politics prevent the church from actually doing anything. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a it's bureaucracy at its yeah. finest, right? It, it, it's like a scene from the Amityville Horror, isn't it? Oh, like which one? The, the one where the priest tries to convince the church oh, to yes. go and, you know, yeah. exercise the house. And, and they're, they're like, like oh, you need no. to go on leave. You submitted the wrong form. Yeah, yeah that's to it. To do that, you need to download <laughs> this form. And <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. And, and so, what, you know, the church is sort of like, yes, mm, these exorcisms, these are dangerous. Mm. Uh, they are dangerous for the child being, mm. uh, you know, on, on which the exorcism is being performed. And mm. they are dangerous for the priests performing the exor- mm. uh, the exorcism. Therefore, for OHNS reasons, we are <laughs> we are not we can we cannot approve this exorcism. That's funny because in a way, you see, this is such a clever film. In a way, they're right. That's exactly what does happen. One yeah. of the girls does end up dead, and the priest ends up dead. And it seems like these are you know this is a Catholic church, uh, which has which has been you know made aware of the horrific real-life cases right. of the exorcism of the German woman, Annalise yeah. Michel, which d- does result in her death. Yes. And, and the um, you know, imprisonment of, of two priests who have been complicit in the murder. Mm. And so, so it's like they're aware that that could happen. And in a way, that sort of does happen. All those viewers, we know that really behind it all this Pazuzu. Yeah. Well, it becomes, the church becomes a another very conservative institution mm. in mm. the face of a problem where it needs to sort of you know not be on its mm. its back foot but but actually attack the problem yeah um and and so all of these structures all of these institutions they are failing mm-hmm. or they are failing uh, you know individuals yeah and so part of what happens in this film is that the individuals have no choice. They are left up to, you know, uh, on their own. They have no choice but to come together if they are going to overcome this problem. Uh, you know, the, the priest, uh, F- Father Maddox, he's hilarious. He's driven to the house where they're going to perform the exorcism, and he delivers the message personally, which is, I, I guess is as great a breakup message as you could get, right? He didn't text him. Um <laughs> You know, and he's like, he's like, yeah, uh, I'm not going to be able to participate. And what is in he this. wearing when he shows up? What What is he? Oh, he's wearing yeah. I forget what he's wearing. House coat or something. It was it, not not the heroic black coat of Max von Sydow. You know, when yeah. Max von Sydow shows up to the house, and yes, he's, he's yeah. ready to do battle with with yeah. Pazuzu. He's wearing his black Stetson hat. He's yeah. got his suitcase, right, That's full right. of the. He's ready. Equip- he's re- he's, he's a ready. fighter. He, yeah. He's he's coming in to do battle. This yeah. <laughs> dude shows up. In he's like, in pajamas. Like pajamas, he, he, he was like he was like oh crap I forgot I need to I was supposed to go to that exorcism today. Right. I at least need to tell them, you know, that I'm not going to yeah. be there. What can I bring as just a gift to kind of smooth mm. over the relationship? Like, I'm not going to be here today, but here's a Bible. Hold mm. on to it tightly. Like, like this is his his yeah. sort of, you know, part. These are his parting words. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and he he's sitting out in the car. Mm delivering hopes and prayers that's right it's interesting he doesn't drive away i mean that, that's one of the things I'm, i can also say that about tony about miranda about victor himself and um, these characters are kind of shown in a very com- complex way it would seem like what this movie is saying 
is that in this polarized world of all ours, mm. we're so willing to see somebody who's our opponent as suddenly like demonized in scare quotes because we're talking about a movie with an actual demon in it. We, mm-hmm. we're just, and the film tries to say to us, look, but do we keep looking at them mm. when they leave our gaze? Yeah. So this is what happens, but it's what happens with this priest. When he leaves, we think he's gone forever. He's a coward. He's going to go home and pursue his you know, lovely career within the church. Yeah. But he doesn't. He actually goes because he's ambivalent. He's like, well, I know I've been a coward. So I'm going to sit in the car in this liminal space, yeah. neither committing myself to my to fighting the demon, yeah. nor am I committing myself to not fighting the demon. I'm, that is exactly I can't make it. up my mind. That, that is, yeah. that is, those are mm-hmm. hopes and prayers, right? Yeah. That, you know, that's yeah. the line that is often delivered when something tragic happens, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, but, hopes but, and prayers. That's right, but he does it in a physical space that is not of a, of a sort of a cowardly resignation. I mean, he is a coward. Well, he is in the car. He is in the car, and as, you know, we'll see. He will then, you know, there's a, so Victor comes, delivers one of the great yeah. lines of the film yeah. when he just wraps in the car window. Yeah. He's like, dude, the, the fight's, fight's in, in there. there. Yeah. I love that line. Yeah. Um, v- Victor doesn't immediately know that that, yeah. that Father Maddox is, is just sitting out there. Mm. No one knows this. Victor has been uh, tasked with disposing mm. of a polluted water source. Right, which mm. he just kind of pours into the sewer. I guess <laughs> I was yeah. I was expecting something bad to come of that, like, like yeah, maybe know. it sort of shows right. up in the yeah, sewer. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> bringing your children. <laughs> um, so yeah, and 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 mm. when he does that, Victor notices that the priest is in the mm. car, mm-hmm. uh, you know, praying, and, mm. and he calls him out on it. Like, dude, the fight is not here. Mm. If you mm. want to be involved in the fight, you have to go in there. Yeah. And and the thing is, and that's I suppose is is the the thing about you know fighting in general. You know, if you've ever done a martial art or something like that, um, one of the first things that you have to come to terms with is that you are going to get punched, mm-hmm. and that is an extraordinarily unpleasant thing to have happen to you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if you are engaging in and i'm just talking about sports you know sparring or whatever if you are engaging in that competition right and you are trying to win it guess what chances are you're gonna get punched you're gonna get hurt and you have to engage in the competition you have to go inside the house in order to have any shot at winning the thing in the first place yeah so the priest, by sitting out in the car, I, I'm sorry, he's no good. Yeah, it's no. performance of priestly mm-hmm. duties, not actual, you know, delivery of priestly duties. He is mm. the priest. Father Maddox is that you know that person who emails, <laughs> you know, the first one to respond to like you know some upper management emails uh, like, uh, oh, you know, I'm Barbara, I actually think that this is a wonderful idea. Mm. Actually, you know. Mm. Y- Last month, you know, I delivered this and I did that. And I think that, and you're like, fuck off. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's Father Maddox right he there. Is, he is, he's a careerist. He's a he's very much, yeah, the wrong person for this. But he will later on join the fight. He, yeah, he does. But he is, you. I think you needed someone, and, and I appreciate this about the film as well. Yeah. The film treats, I think, treats age as... Mm something that delivers some sort of wisdom okay and, well, yeah. and except 
Chris McNeil should have known when that crucifix fell off the wall was going to happen. Yeah. But, but, she is a repository, you know, yeah. of knowledge. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, when we think of uh, the original exorcist, the, the, the older priest, he was a repository of knowledge. There was a reason that they sent, you know, that he was the one. Mm. Right? Um, when we look at Anne, Anne is, you know, she's an older, mm. she's an older nurse, Absolutely. right? But she, she's got, she, she's got a combination of mm. personal experience and, and sort of religious experience and also medical experience that allows her to play the role that she's able to play. Mm. Now, Father Maddox is like, he's the one who just got got out of business school and is <laughs> being tasked with being, you know, some sort of CEO. Yeah. It's even worse. He's probably someone who dropped out of business school, <laughs> you know, looking at the salaries going, oh, okay, that one looks better. What, what do I do with that? Oh, Ralph Chastity. Okay. I yeah. Well, I wasn't yeah. going to do that. It, it's almost as if, <laughs> yeah. you know, father, the father part, we were, we're in scare quotes, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, look, I, I totally agree with you. Um, but, but I think, you know, that the fact that he does come back later and, mm-hmm. and yes, he will get in an iconic scene from the first movie yeah he will have something done to his head and neck yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> by pazuzu who seems to be very good at doing that and the way yeah, it's, it's quite done, the twist it <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um yeah um it's great i mean i think that this film really makes that possible in the same way that you say it contradicts these views we have of you know older people mm. it also contradicts it tries to tell us look the person you wrote of as a careerist coward yeah what if we gave him another chance? Yeah, and and I think that is there in the film. And of course, Victor himself is somebody we ha- we as audience have to give another chance to because for most of the film, yeah. I am at least I was under the impression that in that initial choice that he had to make in Haiti, mm-hmm. because we later on see that his daughter is surviving and wife is dead, yeah. we think he may have chosen his daughter over his wife. Yeah, and turns and out that that wasn't the case. Pazuzu, Pazuzu is. The rando on Twitter, mm. but also someone who doxes people. And <laughs> he that's doxes. W- that's what he oh, does, dear, to, sure uh, does. To, to, to Victor. That's right. It's so great. Because up until that point, I'm thinking that, Victor, you are a selfish bastard. How mm. could you do and in that situation? Surely you will say, the love of my life, my partner, my equal, is more important than this child we've conceived. I would think. I don't know. This is this is saying that that's that's out loud. I hope my son doesn't hear this podcast. I'm sure he well, won't. But but the thing is, mm. you, and and it's an impossible it's an impossible, it's an impossible situation. situation. So no, no matter but what you do, is absolutely. wrong. Absolutely. I mean, the film sort of is really great on that. I think too, which says a lot of these decisions, which seem like easy ones to make, mm. based on like, are you a progressive or a conservative? Tick here. No, they are really insanely difficult decisions, and perhaps. One of the tragedies of our time is that we're no longer making those decisions mm. collectively. I think Look, those, in a few days in Australia, yeah. we're going to have a decision to make. And I have mm. to say that that's turned into a pretty nasty ideological well, thing, which was always, ba- always bad was to happen. going to happen. Yeah. yeah, it was bad to happen. But I, but I again feel like what it's quote-unquote really about has been mystified or, or, or um, obfuscated yeah. by these sorts of moments of immediate ideological morality. Of saying, you know what? Whose side am I on? What do I actually believe in? I mean, this film is called Believer. It's question: yeah. What do you believe in? Well, if I believe that it is my duty as a parent to save the life of my child, mm. then you will make the Tony's call. Of course, Pazuzu. Of course, I say, 
my daughter. I choose my daughter. Well, but Tony didn't. I don't yeah. think Tony believed in that. I think mm. Tony's belief was was uh, weak sauce. He he mm. he he mm. wavered, and that's the the thing about belief. It's the it's the good thing about belief, and it's the bad thing about belief, mm. right? Mm. Um, you know, someone challenging your beliefs, the 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 response to that is to believe more. Like that's all you yeah. that's all you need. And yeah, and, interesting, you know, interesting. That yeah. that gets us into into trouble these days. I think you know I'm just gonna believe harder yeah um, against your facts uh-huh. Uh-huh. but Tony mm, Tony was never really invested in any sort of you know communal response mm. uh, and therefore he was the first one to break you know the, mm. he's outside at mm. key moments mm. uh, when they are performing the exorcism you know he's yeah. out on the porch he's mulling something over Right, he's kind of made a decision. He really is. Yeah. Um, when the mm. when the exorcism is, um, or Pazuzu is is saying, you know, hey, it's like the second half of the exorcism, mm. right? The first mm. half is Pazuzu talking crap about everyone, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, which is really providing the groundwork for the divide and conquer, mm-hmm. um, you know, part two of the exorcism, mm. right? Mm. Um, once Pazuzu shows them hey all of this crap that you think is working you know your special blend of holy water with you know lavender essential oils etc like this is not yeah. having this i'm not going to leave because of that yeah. so that sets pazuzu up for that second half that says hey guess what let's play a game mm-hmm. right you're going to have to choose yeah. and tony just falls for this right and he's hiding behind a wall as they are doing what they need to do during this exorcism and he yells he doesn't even have mm. the courage to face uh to look victor in the face yeah. or to face the other people Absolutely. in the community uh, including his own wife because yeah this is an interesting moment too right jason because at this moment it would like it would look like, you know, it's to me. It looked a little bit like, you know, Solomon's um, judgment, famous thing from mm-hmm. from from Bible, where you know, two mothers show up with one child, and they both say, "This is our child." Right. Solomon, you decide which one who's a true mother, and Solomon says, "Okay, well, you know what? You both, <laughs> you're both right. So I'm going to cut the child in half, so each one of you can have half of this child." Mm. And at that moment, the true mother says, "No, no, no." I relinquish my right to my child because yeah. I don't want to see my child die. And this is an interesting moment between these two parents, Tony and Miranda, and their child. Mm-hmm. It would seem like Miranda is happy to relinquish her own love, overcome her own love and her immediate maternal instinct to say, I choose my daughter. Yes. Who wouldn't? Who shouldn't? If you don't do yeah. that, that could be a legal problem, right? Today, like, it would be a problem of a duty of care, for instance. Yes, yeah. But she's happy to forgo that in the interest of a greater good, which she, would also be the greater good of the child. And yet yes. Tony, Tony is selfish. He is, he is, it would seem like he's internalized his like parental duty to such an extent. And, uh, and, and, and if, see, if it seems like I'm sympathizing with him, because I sort of am a little bit, because I mm. think the movie doesn't, the movie in, in a way, doesn't want us to demonize humans. In, in, I mean, mm-hmm. that's how it kind of ends. The movie even has a sort of an ending which offers a forgiveness. Some sort of reconciliation. Reconciliation yeah. there as well. But I think 
I mean, that's a little bit mawkish. Maybe it could have done been done in a bit more, you know, sophisticated way. But I think it's necessary because the movie is about social division. Mm. And it says, look, if it is social division is that which Pazuzu thrives on, which that is, is that which really is an opening for mm -hmm. the demon to enter our world, mm -hmm. then maybe the way out of it would be to say, Tony uh, Maddox, you, you know, kind of you, 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 uh, very troubled, weak links in our community. Right. And there are other ones too, you know, like there's weakness in all of the characters, yeah. isn't there? Well, you, uh, you should be, yes. you, should, you should be, you should be acknowledged for your uh, weakness, which is a human weakness, which is human fallibility, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I, um, you know, I don't want to crap on Father Maddox. Look, <laughs> he's, he's, he's only weak because he's young mm. right he um it, it's it's his lack of power to be able to navigate the church or to make any real decisions right he's just not it's not that the older people in the church are making any real decisions either mm. but they're they're by not performing the exorcism yeah. they're essentially saying we're not going to make a decision that is a non-decision yeah, exactly right? yeah um and he's caught up in the politics of that, yeah, right? Yeah. So, fine. Um, Tony, my problem with Tony is that he has no core. Yeah. And we see this, um, you know, th this kind of informs his relationship with uh, with Miranda as well. Mm -hmm. um, because Miranda, I mean, you know, she's troubled, but she she does have some sort of belief system she does have some sort of religion you know some sort of core something that 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 drives her she mm. she shows that she has some sort of uh you know religious core uh you know in the film when both parents both sets of parents both families have to take their daughters back to the hospital mm. which is a very weird thing right mm. that both daughters would be exhibiting similar forms of yeah. extraordinarily odd behavior yeah right and it's miranda who's like hey i think we need to consider that some demonic stuff is going on here mm. and, and and you know tony's neither here nor there um but he's never here or, or there he, he just to me seems like a character with very little core Mm. Um, he wants to seem mm. just, he wants to seem upright. He goes to church, whatever mm. he does. He's someone else. He does the performance, mm. but really, uh, yeah, he's, there's no substance to him. And, mm. and because of that, there was, n there were never any real pillars mm. to uphold any sort of belief that he could have. Mm. And he's the first one who gives in. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's, it, you know, what the way it happens is the, staged as a really kind of horrible tragedy in slow motion you want to say no yeah and he's like coming in you, yeah. you know he's, he's also like this phenomena that um apparently is a thing of these parents who take their kids to a, a football game or something mm. on the weekend and mm -hmm. then they, they stand out on the uh, beyond the perimeters and they start shouting mm. at their kids you know do this is that and now after a while they can fight themselves well, yeah with the other parents with the yeah. other parents he's yeah. a bit like that now he's been watching from outside now he's like i'm gonna come in to really show i'm a good i'm a good parent by making the worst decision yeah it's well a, yeah had he again had he come into the room and done it yeah 
That's right. He does looked everyone outside. in the eye and yeah. said, "Nah, you know what? Screw this. I'm choosing Catherine. Yeah, we're going with this. I don't care about your kid." That's, um, that's right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, all of that is again part of the sort of like, you know, the problems of sociality and collectivity because we all be going to have these people and these impulses as well, which yeah. are going to do that. I wanted to say, to say something about a character that I thought was really underused, played by the Nigerian American actor Okiyoko Owusili. Uh, Obi Obisili, yeah. um, uh, who plays Doctor Behide. Behide. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I sort of wish there was more, more um, narrative use of of her. It seems like to me she's sort of a bit aestheticized. You know, she provides some interesting like non-Christian elements in mm-hmm. the kind of spiritual contest against Pazuzu. But mm-hmm. um, what what was your take on on her and um, uh, yeah, well, we get the sense that. Um, she is kind of a connection with with you know the blessing in Haiti. Mm-hmm. Um, you know she's bringing in uh, elements of some kind of folk belief that yeah. is not Christianity, but that's yeah. still you know the the film again explicitly mentions this. Uh, yes, we have all of these different belief systems, but mm-hmm. all of them uh, have you know exorcism rites mm-hmm. uh, and. I think it's a it's a way of the belief system saying that the belief systems can actually pull you together if you allow them to, mm. Mm. Um, but they can also pull you apart if you allow mm. them to. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I think she represents you know something different. I mean, she's originally brought into the film uh, to uh, by the neighbor, yeah, right, who yeah. Uh, you know one day Victor comes home, mm. and this is his daughter is still missing, and the neighbor thought okay you know what um because of what was happening i think it was to his wife mm. right his wife had passed away mm. and he was trying every anything and everything mm. um and so he became very familiar with other you know other sort of folk uh religions yeah and 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 so he wanted to bless uh, angelo's room yeah yeah and that's where Dr. Beehive um, comes in. But I agree with you that you you could view her uh, presence as, as underutilized or, mm. or as, uh, as, as decorative. Mm. Uh, but, you know, again, I yeah. think she serves the role of, 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 you know, illustrating how these different, ways of, mm. of of being or different ways of thinking different ways of associating with the earth and with the living and the dead um they yeah are all legitimate and yeah. we need them all yeah i mean i mean the film does kind of in this way sort of uh is very ambitious in in trying yeah. to sort of depict contemporary american um, religious culture as a very yeah. diverse one, and and, and it's, it's you know with 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 very kind of different mm-hmm. ingredients that come together, and it it tries to represent that. You know, at one point you have like you know all of these different people fighting, trying to fight them. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Pazuzu in their different ways during the exorcism. You mm-hmm. know, you've got your you've got your pastor, you've got your you've got and the nurse with her Bible. You've got you know you've got um you've got Doctor Beehive. And and all of that, it seems like, yeah, they're all attempting and Pazuzu is just so strong. And in a way, Pazuzu wins, doesn't he? In this, yeah. in this Pazuzu role. gets what yeah. Pazuzu wants. Yeah. So so when 
Tony, I, I, first of all, <laughs> we really do get the sense that Pazuzu, no matter what Pazuzu says, is going to take both of the girls. Right. Mm. It's, uh, it's, Pazuzu's either going to kill both of them mm. or Pazuzu is going to be exercised and both of the girls are going to be saved. Mm. Right. Mm. But Pazuzu, mm, true to Pazuzu's word, does free mm. one of mm-hmm. the girls. Yeah. It's just that, you know, Tony, through saying that he chooses his daughter mm, mm. showed Pazuzu mm. onto, onto whom he could potentially, at least at this moment, inflict the most pain. Yeah. Where does the value rest? Yeah. Who, Which of these kids is going to be more valued than the other? And I think this question of value mm. is very important mm. because Tony, in choosing his own kid, essentially devalues mm. um, Angela. And so yes. Tony essentially yes. says, hey, I want my kid my to live. Mm. And Pazuzu says, ha, 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 I got you. Yeah. Well, I know how to torture you. Yeah. And at that point, Pazuzu mimics Tony's words. I choose you. Yeah. I mean, look, this is such a great tragedy, I think. Like, it's almost like at the levels of, you know, Greek or Shakespearean tragedy yeah. where you kind of know that, Tony, somebody's going to make that horrible call because yeah. that's the society in which we live. Ultimately, you know, you're like, my child, I have a duty. Again, I'm sort of I'm repeating myself here a bit, but it seems like... It is just so tragically unavoidable, mm. that call. To, to kind of yeah. really not make that call, we have to like reach a level of communality and collectivity yes. that yeah. says, no, we are prepared. Let, let, let's say for the sake of it, they say, no, Pazuzu, we're not going to make the call. Mm. And Pazuzu say, you know what? Okay, I'm going to kill them both. Yeah. And imagine he does that. Yeah. And you're left with that sort of thing, that sort of consequence, right? So... At that moment, you know, th- these are the sorts of possible outcomes of this tragedy. I mean, it's a tragedy that is almost, it's yeah. going gonna, gonna to kind of well, end badly. We'll never know, though. We'll right? never know. Because At the moments we don't know. The, yeah. the, the, whole, mm. uh, the, the whole premise of the mm. exorcism having any chance of working yeah. is that they all stay together. Yeah. Right? All it takes right. is one of them, yeah. you know, sort of serving as the weak link, yeah. Tony. Um, yeah. And, and the exorcism is pretty much over. Right. And that is exactly what happens. And yes. Okay. So Tony, I don't think he did what he did out of duty. Like Mm. he's not, I don't see him as uh, again, a character with a strong enough, strong enough of a core to have Mm. duty be one of the things that's driving his behavior. I think he's afraid. Yeah. And he he's afraid. He's a bit of a coward, mm. um, and that is what's driving him. No, and I in a moment of I weakness that anyone could have, in a moment of weakness, he relents. Yeah, it's almost like he's afraid of how he might be seen by others yeah, if he doesn't maybe. make this call or something like that. I yeah yeah. Meh. yeah. I, I don't even think it's that. I think it's a more, it, it's 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 a fear that, I, I'm not sure it's a logical fear, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's dealing with something illogical, but mm-hmm. they've been in 
this room with these two girls who mm. are suffering. You can see it physically. You know, all of the other adults yeah. are suffering as well. And I think he just has does not have the moral courage, mm. um, you know, or or he, he's missing something. Yeah, that that would allow him to face that fear. Uh, look, absolutely. And I, and I think moral courage is a big thing about this film and it is about the entire exorcist universe, isn't it? Like mm. this is what, you know, Father Merrin brings to the original, like moral courage. Even in the bad exorcist uh, films, you know, yeah. the prequels, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's the, the lack of moral courage mm. in an impossible situation that drives, yeah. you know, Merrin's kind of Gosh, uh, you're right. issues with religion. Yeah, right? I forgot that there is that sort of in the prequels you have this back story of like Merrin's you know life as a as priest, a priest in, in, in the Netherlands not, yes. not wherever where he, he has occupied. to make a call again like choose who dies yes I mean it's sort of like it's interesting isn't it so the movie we're talking about replays that restages that yeah. choice but in a much more interesting and devastating way yes and and that's what great tragedy does and it's to me this one of the things I really liked about this movie Jason is that yes it is a horror movie folks it does have the scares it, it, it really works well as a horror film mm. I think it, in some ways it even improves on the original if I may say I yeah. was um, um, Jason I've always been a bit unsure about the uh, amount of makeup applied to Linda Blair in the original okay. I felt that it was a bit too much <laughs> okay. and I always thought you could have toned that a that down a little bit and in this film they do yeah so it does look like and i'm just grateful that we don't have as many scars and you know uh, bloatings on the faces of these possessed yeah versions. you know that that uh, is true that uh, is true yeah yeah I, I like that um i think that it 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 has some of the you know great uh you know moments of the originals there for the fans of the original i think it does great justice to the legacy of the original i have to say it's a. It's not a movie that you. If you're a fan of the original, you're not going to walk out of this, you know, appalled and saying, "What did they do to my? What did they do to my childhood experience?" Yeah, no, it is, I would. It really I would is agree. There. Yeah, some of the great moments are there. They're referenced. Um, yeah, when they pay homage to the original. Yeah, they they, know, they, they very tastefully done. I think. Oh, it's so tasteful. It is so tasteful. Um, and yeah, like the original. And like we said, it is it is a question of moral courage is a big thing in the heart of the film. Yeah. Which, you know, if you're a religious person, you'll watch this and say, well, this is a specifically Christian idea. But you could be, you know, agnostic or, or atheist like me and still say, yeah, the question of moral courage is what we need in our society today because it yeah. requires us trusting our neighbors, us trusting other people and saying that I am prepared to suspend my self-interest. Well, what's left um, when everything else is failing us? Yeah, exactly. Because that and that takes us back to the question of, you know, hate is at the start of our conversation and at the start of the movie. You know, is it that the film is sort of now by the end shows America yeah. as a fractured society, as a society that's sort of falling apart? Um, in in I mean, the movie does end on a positive note, in a somewhat sort of eulogizing of well, this horrible thing happened, but look. We can overcome this. We can forgive each other. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, Pazuzu is still out there, and there is promise of sequels to this. So, I I think that there could be sequels, depending on how this film is received. Mm. And if so, I think they might take us to hell, because in this film we get glimpses of actual hell from which Pazuzu has come. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about those moments? Those glimpses of like uh, the other world. The uh, I'm glad that there weren't 
too many of them. Because mm. mm. you never got those in the original Exorcist. Not. Right? No, you didn't. I mean, you have the famous flashes of Pazuzu's face in the, yes. in the, in the, in the dream of Father uh, Karras, but um, Yeah, but but yeah. not as as much as as what happens in Exorcist Believer. Yeah. Yeah. We get a view of the world and it's 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 not even a view. It's it's a flash, mm. right? It's that happens yeah. uh, at several, you know, points in the film. Um I, I I think for a film like this, you turn it into a different film if you show too much of that other world mm. and too much of mm. Pazuzu. Mm. Um, to give Pazuzu a definite face um, sort of takes away from the, the, the quality of not knowing mm. Pazuzu mm. Mm. and not being able to read Pazuzu. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that that was handled well, I mean, you know, because we also need to understand that what those two girls are dealing with, where they are, what they're fighting against is absolutely horrific and most of us can't know it Mm. right and i think this is an important concept either most of most people you know in within that film world will never ever in a million years understand what it is that uh those two girls have seen yeah but you have to trust that they have gone through something horrific you have to listen to them. Mm. You have to somehow respond to that. And you have to help build a world for them that where, where they do not, they can survive that tragedy and they mm. can, they can even thrive after yeah. a tragedy like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it shows us, you know, that like, oh, oh crap, this is what they dealt with. Woof. Yeah, yeah. It's it it reminds me of that you know uh, famous sequence in Event Horizon. You know the hell sequence where you go, you just see these extreme things yeah. from hell. Mm-hmm. So there are really subtle and quick glimpses of that in this film. Yeah. Um, I wondered if in the future films of this trilogy, if it does end up becoming a Sorry, trilogy, I'm dropping coasters here. Sorry. Uh oh. Um, um, if if Catherine might be rescued from hell or something like that. Um. Or, or if, or if there's going to be, yeah, Angela might decide to like do something about that. Yeah, I don't know. It turned. It would seem to turn into a different film. Yeah, it would. Um, I, I more I, of an adventure story or something like Hellraiser two or something. Some, right? maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe something like that. But mm. I, I like the idea of the film living with the world that it has created Mm. and saying there are actual consequences for us being pulled apart. Yeah. Yeah. And that once those consequences play out, they are what they are Mm. and we must live with, live with them and we have to live with ourselves as individuals. Um, you know, after we have, either failed to do something or we have done the wrong thing. And it is our responsibility to live with our shortcomings. And once they, you know, if if they build this world where, oh, actually, Catherine is not dead. She's just, you know, sort Mm. of, she is being tortured by Pazuzu, Mm. but we can get her back and she'll be okay in the end. Mm. That to me is, 
very unconvincing. Oh, look, it would be. It would be. I, I, want, I was wondering if that's sort of in the back of the minds of this kind of trilogy. Because I'm thinking, if it's going to be a trilogy, what are you going to do again? Another 13-year-old girl who'd be possessed by Pazuzu? Mm. Maybe. Or are you, you going to follow the same storyline? I, was, I wasn't sure. And... and um, Anyway, this is just this is just idle speculation because who yeah. knows what will happen because everything will depend on the box office performance of this one, which as of now I think is doing okay. Oh, I hope it is. Yeah, me too. Like I, I really hope it it will do very well. It's it is such a well made movie. Yeah. Obviously, so much work has gone into it. You know, we've talked about like, uh, you know, the last uh, voyage of the Demeter, which mm-hmm. the script was a complete mess. I mean, the script of this film, The Exorcist Believer, is so good. Yeah. There are moments that I think it could have been improved. The lines spoken by Ellen Burstyn, I think, were just not that good. Well, she's um, uh, she is. <laughs> I'm not you, commenting on her acting. I'm, I mean, the writing of the lines that she spoke. Yes, yeah. yes, the few lines. Yeah, the few lines <laughs> that I, she I, had in the film. Yeah, they were not. Uh, any anyway, look, we can have we can have qualms about it films, but mm-hmm. overall, I thought it was a really good film. Is it time for? us to give our score yeah yeah we've uh we've got a new rec- rating system that we're we're working out um and and it's kind of like the the <laughs> voms you know <laughs> so we're counting how many vomits we're we're, we're giving uh certain films we call them voms i i'm gonna give this uh film four out of five voms I'm giving it four out of five voms too. Yeah. At the end of the year, we're going to have the VOM Awards. Mm. And uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see where this takes and us. And VOM is good, right? It's not bad. Yeah, in this case, it's good. <laughs> a a case, good horror good. movie makes you vomit in a good way. Well, yes. <laughs> As opposed to, oh, that was so bad. Blah, yes. But more like, oh, that was so scary. Blah. Exactly. That prosciutto that you just <laughs> ate, it tastes just as good coming up. Um, mm, lunch. <laughs> mm, prosciutto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but definitely four out of uh, four out of five VOMs for yeah. this. I thought that this this was a, you know, an excellent film that really begins from, you know, or begins with impossible expectations. Oh, it does, and and for a reboot of, yeah, it it is probably the best, uh, most successful reboot I've seen because I'm not a fan of these reboots at yeah. all. I'm like, yeah. it's a great original movie, leave it alone. Yeah, but this film, this this time, I'm perfectly happy. I'm I'm glad they did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the star of the show, Pazuzu. There we yeah, go. he's back. <laughs> well, I, I guess and she Chris McNeil and, and yeah, yeah, Reagan. Yeah. Well, Reagan's not the star, but she no. good good show, good good yeah. job showing up for for Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go see it. Do. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.